What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. Today's episode, I talked all about how to stop late night snacking. It's a common issue, something that comes up pretty frequently. How do I stop those binge episodes at night? How do I control myself at night? I'm really good all day and I get home from work and things just get out of control. I eat leftovers from my kid's plate. Can't stop myself from eating after a certain time. Well, if that's you, then this episode is for you. It's a very specific topic, talking about late night snacking, feeling out of control at night, the binge episodes at night, all of that and more covered in this jam-packed episode. Hopefully you enjoy it. If you do, you know what I'm going to say. It would mean the world to me if you could leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. And if you could take a screenshot of the episode, post it to your stories on Instagram, and then tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. You can make like a little comment like fire emoji, fire emoji, or this episode was fire. I don't know. I'm on a fire kick. (laughs) I'm sure there's better adjectives that you could think of. This episode was impactful. This was valuable, whatever it is. Um, Say a little something if you are so inclined. Otherwise, you can just listen and enjoy. That's always an option too. And you can always pass along the episode to a friend or family member. All of these options at your disposal, whatever you choose, you know I still love you. Hopefully, this will be helpful and enjoy the episode. All right. Welcome everybody who is joining in on the podcast. It's another Monday night live edition in the Facebook group. We're having a good time before I hit record. If you're not with us in the group, you should be. You can just pull up your browser right now, hit pause on the episode and pull up your browser. Unless you're driving, then focus on the road. That's most important. But if you're not driving and you can pull out your phone right now, open your browser and go to Facebook. I guess if you're on your phone, you could just open the app. This is how old I am. (laughs) Open the app and go to the search bar and search the personality diet and neurotype training. And you can join us. There's like 6,500 beautiful people in this group. And I go live every single Monday, five o'clock Eastern standard time. And you can come hang out and ask questions and interact during the broadcast. That's the advantage. Plus, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that the people in the Facebook community get access to, usually first notifications for prizes or launches, you know, challenges, scholarships, things that we do for the community. If you're in the group, it's a good place to be. There's also a lot of support in there. All of my coaches jumping in, helping people, answering questions, people posting their, their wins and their struggles. It's just a fun place to be. So I highly recommend you come hang out with us. Today's episode is all about late night snacking. It's a very specific, very specific topic. And the reason is that I come across this question in this situation pretty frequently. Um, keep in mind that it's, you know, sometimes there's a more, I'll say more consistent binge episodes with, with certain individuals, but I don't, I've, I've done episodes on, on binge eating. Um, so you can go back into the archives and look through old episodes, but specifically talking about late night snacking, um, specifically talking about 
nighttime snacking, feeling out of control when you get home. Um, and I, and I had this question recently and that's why it's fresh in my mind and why I wanted to do a whole episode on it. Um, so the biggest thing, um, the, the question that I got was, uh, somebody messaged me and basically said, you know, Hey, I have this issue that every single day I am like fully dialed in, uh, all day, all throughout the day. I'm, I'm dialed in. I'm, I'm really solid with my nutrition, no issues whatsoever. But then when I get home right around five o'clock, it's funny that I'm recording this at five o'clock, like right around five o'clock, it, everything just goes to shit. And I find myself overindulging. I find myself in this place of, um, you know, feeling out of control, feeling like I have no routine, feeling like I have no structure. And this particular person said that her morning routine and all throughout the day, it's like, it's very habitual. She has a lot of, a lot of habits, a lot of routines, a lot of things in place that keep her consistent, which is great. It's a good thing. But wanted to know why that all goes out the window when she gets home from work at five o'clock every single day. Now, if you know me, you know that I can't answer that question with any sort of like blanket statement because I don't know this person. This is not somebody that is a client. This is somebody that just reached out, that had a question, messaged me on Facebook, a direct message and, and asked like, how do I create the same structure and routine that allows me to be successful all throughout the day? How do I create that same structure at night? And what that made me realize is that sometimes we believe the problem is something that's not really a problem. Okay. So in her mind, her assumption is she overindulges and she binges in the evening because there's a lack of structure and routine. Maybe that's the case, but I don't know that to be true. And in my experience, the first thing that we have to check when it comes to any sort of overindulgence, that doesn't, it's not just nighttime, although that's pretty, you know, pretty, um, it's pretty common for that to happen. But the first thing we have to check with any overindulgent situation, if you feel out of control at any point in time, you feel like you all of a sudden just can't control yourself, you eat too much. You eat way past your satiety level. Uh, you snack. You pick food off of your kid's plate. I just had a call with somebody who literally signed up for coaching um, just before I, I went live. And her exact thing was like, I'm eating 1,400 calories, but I'm not really eating 1,400 calories because I keep picking food off of my kid's plates. Right? So she logs. It's like my fitness pal, if you look at my numbers, I log 1,400 calories, but I'm, I'm taking an extra bite here and there. I'm taking my kids' leftovers. I'm snacking. So the first thing that we have to check in any of these situations is what are you doing most of the time in terms of are you consistently under eating? So this person that reached out to me, the first question is, what does your overall nutrition look like? When you say 
you're dialed in all day because you have really good structure and routine. What does that actually mean? Let's define that. In my experience, a lot of times that means under eating. That means restriction. That means no flexibility, rigidity. It's like, well, I'm so dialed in. My breakfast is like, you know, an egg white, one egg white and a broccoli stock. And then my lunch is, uh, you know, boiled chicken and some more broccoli. And then, and then all the wheels come fall, you know, the wheels come flying off in the evening. Well, of course they do. Now, obviously I'm exaggerating, but the point remains that if your morning routine and your whole day looks a whole lot like restriction and chronic under eating, you're not fueling yourself appropriately, of course, you're going to feel out of control when you get home. We have to understand what's going on in the body. When your body is energy deprived, meaning you are eating less than you're burning, that is energy deprivation, right? Food provides us fuel, provides us energy. We also burn energy through daily activities and just through living. If you are in a energy deficit, if you are energy deprived, your body will send signals that say, hey, go get some food. Get us some freaking food. We need energy. You'll have cravings. You'll have hunger. You will have lack of willpower, right? You will build up an accumulation of stress. Like You will find yourself in a not so good place. From a a neurological standpoint as well, your neurotransmitter balance can be thrown off. So you start to make more emotional decisions. You feel out of control. A lot of times people will say like, I don't know why I keep doing it. Like it's, I have these goals. I want to look better. I want to feel better. I have these goals I'm trying to accomplish, but I just don't understand why I keep doing this. It almost feels like it's not you. And that's because of what you're doing to yourself up until that point. So that's number one. The first thing that we have to check is, are you eating enough? Period. I cannot tell you how many times that one change has fixed the binge episodes, the overindulgences, the feeling out of control for so many people. I I see it time and time again, just that alone. A lot of times people come to us because they're like, hey, you seem to know what you're talking about from a mindset perspective. And I I like to think I'm pretty well-versed on the mindset side of things. I like to think that uh, we, as a, a, you know, coaching team, I feel like we're, we're pretty good in that area. I feel like that's kind of where we thrive. And it's interesting that a lot of times the solution is not necessarily mindset related. Now you could argue that the reason people are chronically under eating is mindset related. So sure, there's, there's always going to be a part of that. However, it's, it's oftentimes the, the physiological change of eating enough that stops the binge episodes, that stops the overindulgences, that stops the feeling out of control, the nighttime snacking, all of that stuff. Frequently, it's because when you start eating enough, your body is less stressed, you're not as hungry, your cravings go down, your mood is more stable. All of these things are a good thing when you're trying to stop or break that that cycle, break that habit. So that's the first and foremost change that we have to make. And 
if you are finding yourself in this position, just ask yourself, like, what does it look like for me? Am I depriving myself most of the time? Am I restricting? Am I allowing any sort of flexibility? It might be those habits are leading to what you think the problem is. Because most people think, I have a willpower problem. I'm not disciplined enough. I need to try harder. I need to restrict more. Why can't I just stop doing it? And looking outside of that, of, of the actual thing, right? The thing being the overindulgence or the binge episode, looking outside of that and trying to understand what caused it. So that's the first thing. Make sure that you're eating enough. We, we take every client through a metabolic priming phase for a reason. There's a reason why we start there. We actually start with our, our neurotyping principles. We put some of those pieces in place, but there's a reason why pretty much step one, I would consider that step zero, like the whole neurotyping stuff. I would consider that kind of the prerequisite. And then the metabolic priming is step one, because we're not going to put anybody in a compromised position where they're going to feel out of control or we're going to do any sort of metabolic damage or anything like that. It's just, it's irresponsible. If, if we weren't, if we didn't do it that way, it would be irresponsible. So that's where we start. First and foremost, we, we have to do that because it starts to eliminate some of those problems right out of the gate. Uh, we actually had somebody, hang on, I am going to, I'm going to show you the power of this and I hope I can find it. I wanted to read a comment that was crap. I don't think it's still in my stories. And I get so many damn messages that I'm not sure I can pull this up. Um, not that I'm all that popular, but I, uh, oh, here it is. I found it. Beautiful. So somebody said, Hey, Mike, just wanted to show you some love and appreciation to you, Pop, and my coach, Jeff Hewitt. Jeff is one of our coaches, amazing coach. Hiring you guys and having Jeff as my coach has been literally one of the best decisions that I've ever made for my personal happiness and my, my confidence in my nutrition coaching and knowing that I can help my clients. I came in with my main goals being to finally develop a good relationship with food and with my own body image. Since starting in August, I've already accomplished both of these and it's unlocked a happiness that I've never had, especially the body image. Thanks again. I'm excited to see what else can be accomplished in my remaining four months with Jeff and Pop. Okay, literally two months, two months, relationship with food, body image issues. Don't tell me that it's not powerful to start with where we start, neurotyping, metabolic priming. That is some powerful shit. It literally makes a difference. Two months in, and he's feeling more confident. Body image issues are gone. Relationship with food is better. And he's also a coach. So now, as somebody who gets to coach other people, he gets to pay it forward from his own experience. It's powerful. So I just wanted to hammer home the importance of starting where we start. It's not by accident. There's, there's actual, there's a lot of thought that goes into this. There's a lot of refinement and, and constant reassessing of our process and what makes it so powerful. Why do we continue to produce the results that we do? That's it. That's, that's an example right there. So that is an important place to start. Then we do have to address some of the habits because there might be just a 
behavior change that needs to take place. Um, I've, I've spoken with people who had this like preset night routine that wasn't serving them. Um, and, and I've certainly been down that you know road before where like, like drinking for me, it was like so programmed that I wasn't even thinking about whether I would, I wanted a drink or not. It was like, yeah, obviously Friday night, we start drinking Saturday night. We keep drinking Sunday morning. We probably have a drink. Like for me, it was so baked in to my routine. I didn't even think about it. And so there is sometimes the behavioral component of it where it's just habitual. Like you come home, you eat, or you come home, you drink, or you, you know, have dinner, then you sit on the couch and it's like glass of wine every single night. Um, there may be a behavior change. Now, if it's, if it's not a problem, if you don't feel like it needs to be changed, that's a whole different story. I'm talking about when you feel like there's behaviors that aren't serving you, that's when we have to implement a change. So what that means is you got to break the cycle. Your body is so used to this predictable pattern and it's, it's happened over and over again. I use the example um, in my book with um, neuroplasticity, which is like, we actually get to mold our brain, which is pretty powerful. However, it's not easy to do because when your neurons start connecting a certain pattern and they repeat those patterns over and over again, it becomes pretty ingrained. And I use the, the analogy about a bike riding over a dirt path. The first time you ride your bike over that dirt path, it's not going to create much of a divot. But when you've done the same thing over and over again, and your neurons are, are firing in that same pattern over and over again, that divot gets pretty deep. And you have to take a different path, right? We have to send that bike down a different path. Now, the problem is when you send it down a different path, sometimes it falls back into the divot because the divot is so deep, right? It's the same thing with these, these behavior changes that we need to make. Sometimes you're going to try to break the cycle. And you're going to have a moment of like mindless falling back into your ways. Like sometimes there's literally a habitual thing where you just grab food out of the pantry or you grab food off of your kid's plate or you grab the bottle of wine and start pouring. And it's totally mindless. There are studies that show that there are, there's up to 50% food reporting error from humans, 50, up to 50% where People will not even remember foods that they ate because it's so mindless and habitual. That's crazy, right? You think, I, I know exactly what I put in my mouth on a daily basis. Not really. Um, and so we have studies to back this up. If there's a behavior change that's not serving you, we have to break the cycle. We have to break the pattern. And there's plenty of different ways to do it. Um, I think the most helpful is to change the environment, right? There's certain things that are in place. If you just change the environment, you, you cause your brain a, a second thought, right? Like if normally the wine is like right in the door of the fridge, put it in the back of the fridge. Just that change, now all of a sudden it's a new pattern because it's not mindless. You're not grabbing in the same spot. You're actually thinking, oh, right, I put the wine back here now. And it gives you a second thought to be like, do I actually want to do this? So I think one of the most impactful ways to change those behaviors is to change your environment. 
And James Clear talks about this in his book, Atomic Habits. I know I've referenced that book a million times, but uh, it is worth reading. He talks about creating as much resistance between you and the habit you want to break as possible. And resistance can be in the form of, of your physical environment. So you actually have to go out of your way to do the thing that you're, you're, you don't want to do. And that means that you're in that conscious thought. It's no longer mindless. You're in conscious, you're consciously thinking like, I have to go out of my way to do this thing. So I must really want to do this thing. And another thing I was, I was uh, talking to a fellow coach um, who's, who's also a nutrition coach. She um, was previously significantly overweight and talked about uh, some of her poor eating habits. And she talked about how uh, she would always reach like the, the tipping point. She would always, uh, and we were, we were kind of joking about like the Halloween candy. She was like, oh my God, like I would inevitably reach my tipping point. She was, I think over 300 pounds. Um, and she said that she would be really good, really dialed in. And then she would just overindulge. And it was just, a, you know, kind of a shit show. Um, and she said that it would put her into the state of like physical pain. Like she could actually feel the inflammation. She could feel like the gut issues, all the stuff. Um, but she said that the physical pain wasn't as bad as her other pain. In other words, the pain of changing was greater than the physical pain. And she remembers thinking like, well, I could change this, but that seems like more painful than the actual physical pain I'm in until it got worse. And then she remembers the moment of like the physical and emotional pain being way too much to ignore that it was, it was greater than the, the pain to change. So bottom line is sometimes you're doing things that don't serve you because you feel like the pain of change is greater than the current pain that you're in. And that's something that you have to process on your own. You have to sit with yourself in a moment and multiple moments of self-reflection and truly decide if that's really the pain that you want to live with, or if the pain of change is greater in your mind than it would be in actuality. That's something that only you can do. And I highly recommend that you take uh, inventory of that because it can be a powerful realization uh, when, you, when you kind of come to that conclusion, like there's no other choice but to change because the pain that I'm currently in is not worth it. And I'm not willing to live with this any longer. So she also said something that I thought was interesting. She said, everybody wants to tell you that you can live with any type of food, right? Like people want to say uh, avoiding certain foods is a bad thing. And, and here I am, right? I am a big believer in learning moderation and, and saying that no foods are off limits. But I'm also a big believer in individual differences, right? Everybody's different. We know that. So for her, avoiding certain foods and keeping them out of the house was the best thing that she could do to make that change. And a lot of things she said, she still hasn't eaten and doesn't miss at all. Like she's gotten rid of certain foods from her life that 
doesn't bother her. She doesn't want them. She doesn't need them. They didn't serve her. And that's okay. This is where individual variance is so important. It's okay. It's okay to do that. It's okay to set boundaries for yourself. I think that it's really important that we know that. Um, so I think that in general, as, as we're kind of looking at this from a big picture view, like give yourself the gift of that self-talk, of that self-reflection of how do I change my environment? I mean, it's like one of the greatest gifts that you can give. Um, this is going to be the greatest segue in the history of podcasts. I am going to segue into a gift, a literal gift, because I am super excited for the sponsor of this episode. This is the best segue ever. This is the best gift. You can give yourself the gift of self-reflection, but this gift is something that you want to give. If you are listening to this and you need a holiday gift for your husband, boyfriend, partner, best friend, any man in your life that you know, this is literally the greatest gift. So this episode is brought to you by Manscaped, which is the best below the waist grooming champions of the world. And I'm speaking from personal experience. Yes, there's no shame in my game. Manscaped sent me their lawnmower for 4.0, literally the fourth version of their lawnmower so that I can trim like a professional. I'm telling you, this is a serious issue that most men face. I've been complaining about this for a long time. If you ever hang out with me, we're like in a bar or whatever, these are the type of conversations that we'll have. There is no solution for how awkward it is to try to shave your balls. It's just, it's facts. It's so weird. It's so awkward, the shape, everything. And it's also really painful when you nick yourself trying to shave down there because you want to be presentable. It's just one of those issues that there has never been a solution until now. Literally until I came across Manscaped, I, you can ask any of my friends. We had this conversation all the time. Like there hasn't, I, you know, it's just so uncomfortable and painful. So Manscaped came to the rescue. They literally sent me their lawnmower lawnmower 4.0 and best grooming experience ever. If your husband, if your boyfriend, if your partner, if they are using the same razor to shave their face and their balls, they're doing it wrong. I'm telling you, you need to get them the lawnmower 4.0. You have to do it. It's honestly the best gift. I said that you can give yourself a gift, but now you can give somebody else a gift, any loved one, any spouse, partner, husband, get them. The holidays are, are right around the corner. I'm telling you, this is a practical gift that will not be forgotten. And of course, because they're sponsoring this episode, I had to hook you up with a 20% off plus free shipping with code POPFAM, P-O-P-F-A-M. You get 20% off plus free shipping. You can go to manscaped.com, insert code POPFAM at checkout. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com and enter code POPFAM at checkout. Your balls will thank you. And if you are getting this as a gift, your husband, 
your boyfriend, your partner will thank you. I'm telling you, hands down, the best gift that you can get. Um, so I only promote products that I have actually tried, that I actually believe in, that I see value in. And you know, if you've been following the show for any length of time, you know that I have not done any sort of like advertising or promotions or anything like that. So I want it to mean something when I give you advice. I want my words to actually carry weight. And I'm telling you, I, I would actually really enjoy some feedback on this in particular. So if you get this as a gift, I want to hear feedback. Did your husband thank you? Did your boyfriend thank you? Did your partner thank you for this amazing gift that you gave to them? Manscaped.com, insert code POPFAM at checkout, 20% off plus free shipping. It's kind of a no-brainer. Um, now, was that not the greatest segue in the history of podcasts? I, I have to say, I'm going to pat myself on the back. Um, but I really just want to, now I'm going to make a terrible segue back <laughs> into the topic of like understanding how these things transpire when it comes to the overindulgences, when it comes to the binge episodes, when it comes to feeling out of control. Um, these are the things that we have to focus on. Number one, understand you have to be eating enough. If you're constantly depriving yourself, that is not going to end well. So assess everything that's happening outside of those episodes. Number two, look at your, your habits, your routines, your, your behavior patterns, and you may have to create new behaviors. Like I said, like that bike going over the dirt path, we might have to send it down a different path. If you are tired of what that habit is doing to you, then you have to change it. And it's, it takes conscious choice and effort to make that change. So we want to disrupt the pattern. We want to change our environment to make it easier to adjust that behavior. And then we also have to look at the pain that we're in and the pain that it's causing, right? The pain, the current pain versus the pain of changing and, and really assess what's important. What are your priorities? You know, like I, I see this all the time with people who decide to not join coaching. Like they are choosing their current pain over the unpredictable pain of like making that investment, making that commitment, which can be scary. So they're, they're afraid. And that means that they're accepting their current pain as their reality, which is totally fine. That's everybody has the right to make that choice, which is why I say you should take a moment of self-reflection and, and many moments and check in with yourself. Are you okay with your current situation? Is that pain worse than the pain of changing? Most of the time, the pain of changing is, is fabricated in our mind because our brain likes to keep us safe and comfortable and in these predictable patterns. Once we actually take do the thing, right? If you're in our challenge, you know that this, this last week, our challenge is do the thing, hashtag do the thing, because we always think it's this big deal. Like it's, you know, all of these things are going to happen. It's going to be scary and it's going to be new and it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be awful. And then we just do the thing and we're like, oh, that actually wasn't bad at all. Um, and then we become really proficient and we're like, huh, you know, it's like, I've been putting that off for so long. I, I don't understand why it actually wasn't that bad. It's pretty easy. And then you, you become more and more um, proficient at whatever it is. 
or you just you develop a new habit, a new skill, you make a big change in your life, your career, your nutrition, your fitness, whatever it is. It's usually not that big of a deal. And if it is a big deal, you learn pretty quickly and then you can adjust. So that's the other beautiful part about just doing the thing is you'll quickly realize, is this the right thing or not? And if it's not, you can make a change and then you can do the next thing. And eventually, if you live life that way, success is an inevitability. You can't fail doing life that way. Just facts. You can't. If you're willing to take chances, if you're willing to just do the thing and then learn and readjust and keep doing the thing and keep learning and readjusting, you will absolutely be successful. It is an inevitability. There's no way that if you take that failure and use it as a launch pad that you you won't be successful. It just it can't happen. Statistically, it's it's almost impossible. So I know I've gone a little bit of a tangent there, but it's an important thing to understand when it comes to making change. Oftentimes, it's worse in our mind than it is in reality. Um, so hopefully this was helpful. I know this is a very specific topic when it comes to overindulgences, when it comes to like snacking, things like that. But let's look at this practically. Let's look at how we can address what's really going on, how to fix it. Um, I would love to hear some feedback if you guys want to hit me up. Most importantly, I want to hear feedback about the episode, but I also want to know, for those of you who are ordering the Manscaped Lawnmower, I legitimately want feedback because if it's a game changer like it was for me, I need to know because we can make this a regular thing. Otherwise, if you're not with me, if we're not on the same page, that's cool. I'll, I'll make adjustments. That's totally cool. But I would love to hear that. Um, I appreciate you guys hanging out with me tonight and I will talk to you all very soon.